Happy Thanksgiving from us here at 2N, Sergio and the Vet. Sergio, how are you this wonderful holiday week? Hey, yo. Good. How you doing, man? Doing all right. Doing all right. Got any big plans? Uh, Yeah, going to, um, I guess it's my ex-girlfriend's family's house uh, for Thanksgiving. So I'm cooking up some side dishes. I'm making my famous uh, blue cheese stuffed dates wrapped in bacon. And I'm debuting something new. I'm making a uh, a corn pudding topped off with a uh, roasted green salsa. So I'm pretty excited about that. So this is a never-before-seen dish from you? Yeah, never-before-seen dish, yeah. Hmm. Is it going to be... Is it going to your exes for the holidays, like, awkward? Or are you guys cool? Uh. I haven't seen her family in a little while, but we've been—we're still friends. We—we uh, we might be getting back together. I don't know, but uh, no, I don't think it's gonna be awkward. I think it'll be all right. Well, as long as it's all right. And I'm breaking the uh, after Thanksgiving rule. I'm actually gonna go out and buy a Christmas tree today. Really? Yeah. Maybe I'm gonna be that guy. <laughs> well, all right, you—you you do what you got to do, man. I mean, it's 2019. People do whatever they want anyway, so. True. True. Um, and it won't be 2019 for much longer, but it's even in 2020, it's going to be still 2019, if not more 2019. Um, it's been 2019 since about like 2017 in terms of, you know, people doing whatever the hell they want and not caring about consequences, but it's, it's really been ramping up. And I think 2020 could be the most 2019 year ever. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully not. I don't know. We'll see. But, um, you know, nothing's going to change for us. Um, so, you know, what we always do is we always talk about the news of the week. So what kind of news do we got this week? Uh, this week's news, we got a Corey, Corey Graves turning heel on Twitter. Uh, he posted a tweet on, uh, well, I guess it was uh, the night of war games. He says, just for the record, guys, I know you wouldn't know it, but there's actually a WWE Hall of Famer and a former Ring of Honor champion on commentary. I'd imagine they have a lot to offer. So basically, taking a shot at Marwin All, I guess he was uh, saying Marwin was hogging the uh, commentary. And uh, Frank Shamrock responds with, uh, social media has made too many of you comfortable with disrespecting people and not getting punched in the mouth for it. Uh, for those who don't know, I guess Frank Shamrock is a really close friend with Marwin Allo. And uh, since then... Uh, Morrow did not do Survivor Series, and apparently he's not doing NXT tonight. Uh, Michael Cole had said that he blew out his voice on Saturday, but I'm reading stories that that's not true. If anything, maybe uh, so. So the uh, the idea is that uh, you know uh, Maronalo, uh has been pretty vocal about his his mental issues and being bipolar and stuff, and which I'm not too familiar with that uh disease but uh apparently something like this can cause a negative effect on someone like Morrow and cause depression and so he's basically he deleted his twitter and he's kind of a uh, kind of a uh, not doing the wrestling thing at the moment mm. yeah sucks dude um yeah so that that's uh that's very unfortunate because well you know Let's face it, Moro Ronaldo is the best in the game. We've already talked about this multiple times on multiple episodes. Uh, I've called him the best combat sports announcer that there is right now. 
Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, when you, when you have that, I don't know if I'd like to hope that, um, you know, I wish I could say that those things are maybe unrelated, but you know, it's kind of hard not to, uh, not to look at it like that. Um, uh, now, first of all, um, I didn't notice anything like him stepping on Beth Phoenix and Nigel McGinnis all that much, at least not any more than he would normally do during that show. Did you? No, not at all. Uh, you know, Marl's really, uh, really passionate and I, and I, and I think he really gets into it. So, you know, uh, at this point, we just, you know, I will say this, Corey Graves did apologize on, uh, his podcast and he said he was just trying to start up a little controversy and didn't really have any, uh, negative negative intentions and stuff but uh i don't know marlo strikes me as one of those guys that's probably like, universally liked probably just a nice guy and um i can't help but to think that that was just kind of a cheap shot you know it is and for what too you know like what so the now now let me say this um you know even if uh moro ronaldo was uh taking the majority of the airtime on the commentary um I'm sorry, in my personal opinion, Nigel McGinnis and Beth Phoenix both suck at commentary. So he can have all the commentary he wants if he's taken away from those two because they never have anything interesting. Beth Phoenix is horrible. Like, I want, like, I have no problem with Beth Phoenix. I've never had an issue with her, um, you know, in, in terms of personally or professionally or whatever. Um, she seems like a very nice lady, um, and she's done a lot in the business. But her commentary is awful. It's beyond awful. It might be the worst commentary of anybody that does commentary on a regular basis in commentary, period. I'm not even going to limit it to wrestling commentary. So um, Hmm. it's just not working out for her. She's just like, it's just embarrassingly bad at at it. She, She sounds like, she's always sounds like she's reading a paper. Um, or reading something that someone wrote for her to say, and it's worse during the uh, it's worse during the uh, the weekly show because it's supposed it's there's stuff in there that's supposed to be like natural banter between the commentators, you know, like when when uh, Nigel McGuinness will joke with her about Angel Garza taking his pants off, and then she'll have some response, but it sounds like she's reading it for the first time off like a. <laughs> off like a piece of paper or her phone and she's never read it before um so so yeah is her, is her delivery is her delivery basically is that what you're saying it is yeah i mean i'm sure she knows a lot and wouldn't be a bad commentator but she is a bad commentator not everybody's cut out for this and not everybody hmm. there there doesn't need to be a female commentator just for the sake of having one um and if there is maybe they could get a different one but um nonetheless uh, and, and Nigel McGuinness, I've already talked about, like, I think people give him a pass cause he has a British accent. So he sounds like smarter and cooler than he really is. But, um, I find his commentary to be downright stupid at times. And, uh, I have no interest in anything he has to say. So if Moro and Alice stepping all over these two, it's no huge crime. Um, that's I just wonder, my I wonder opinion. If, uh, I wonder if Corey Graves, is, is this some kind of weird announcer he, where he thinks he's the best and this is his way of trying to bury Marl so he can like look like a better commentator or something. Corey Graves is great, but uh, yeah, like like he said, I do agree. I think Marl and all is uh, is the best. Well, even even so, like they're not the same. They're they're not doing the same things. Yeah, like, they're more, different. More Ronaldo play by play, 
and he's a, and Corey Graves is color, you know, yeah, yeah. so they don't have the same role and the job. So there should be no competition. They would be, you know, great together and they, they have worked together and they were probably great together, but there must've been some sort of reason for Corey Graves to take a shot like that. So, you know, we, we don't know what that is and he's not going to admit what it is. Um, but nonetheless, you know, he ought to have been ashamed of himself because even if he was trying to stir up a little condo for what, what is that going to get? What are you going to have a match with him? <laughs> I mean, what's the, what's the point? <laughs> like, what is, what is the purpose of doing that? There is no purpose. You're just talking shit. So don't try to say you want to stir up a little controversy because the controversy leads nowhere. There, there's what do you, you know, there, there's no way for, for there to be any business done or any money to be made between those two if they're competing in something. So anyways. Yeah, true, man. Uh news. ACH finally uh he got his actual release. What do you think? What do you think about that? Um, well, we talked about it last last time, and I said that uh the only the only bad thing about it, it was it seemed to have set a precedent for anybody to just get released by acting, you know, acting out, acting up, um, and then they'll get what they want. You know, it makes it seem like that'd be the only bad thing. But in this case, I really just don't see any other way to go. There's no coming back from what happened. There's no way to put, you know, that the water's going to go under the bridge. Um, it's, it's just, he doesn't want to be there. They don't want him there. So it's best to just, you know, cut, cut everything loose and just pretend it never happened, which looks like that's what they did. He's already been booked yeah, yeah. on a few on a few dates, so I mean he's out of there, and uh, you know that's uh, I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, well, good for him, I guess. Uh, speaking of releases, uh, ROH I guess fired uh, Kelly Klein. Was she the uh, current women's champion? She is. She's okay. she's the champion as of now. Interesting. Maybe she'll show up on AEW and uh, throw the belt in a trash can, huh? Maybe. That actually wouldn't be a pretty. That actually be a pretty good idea. Well, I think her husband works at AEW now, doesn't he? BJ Whitmer. Oh, does he? I have no idea. Does he have some kind of backstage backstage role? Probably. He sure ain't wrestling. Oh. That'd be great, man. Um. Yeah. Um. So, I guess. I guess this all happened uh, in a match that she had back in October when they were on tour in the UK. Uh, she got a she got a head injury, a concussion. Um, no one, you know, no one. She 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 claims that there was nobody there to. And when I say claims, all I'm saying I'm not saying I doubt Kelly Klein. I'm just you just have to say that because we don't know like the truth. It's just her word against theirs. So yeah. I'm not suggesting that she's lying. But, uh, but she said there was no, no doctor there. Um, there was no protocols followed. Um, she wasn't even aware that protocols existed. Um, the facility where they were wrestling at actually had medical personnel. So she was able to be treated, but ring of honor had no, um, no medical staff. Um, so she, she finished, you know, she, she finished her match, went to the backstage, lay down on the floor started speaking gibberish. Um, that's when people were like, I think she's think she's hurt. Um, she's, she's had a, she's had concussions before and there were some issues before. 
Um, and so she's this, this is kind of like, um, you know, this has been like, I guess, an issue that some other people talk. This is maybe some of the stuff that Joey Mercury, if you remember when he was tweeting out a bunch of stuff about Ring of Honor, and this was some of the stuff he was talking about. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think they he was talking about Kelly Klein, but he had not named her at that time. Um, and but now now it's out in the open. Um, they were talking about how much she was making now, like uh, under twenty four thousand a year. And that yeah. was, a, and that was a promotion. Like she got a promotion to 24. Um, and she just, you know, so there's a, there, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff here that makes ring of honor look bad. And ring of honors, like to me, they're, they're going that sort of like that TNA route where they're dangerously close to not existing anymore. And, um, Quite frankly, I, I don't see a problem with that. They got some talented guys there that work there, and those guys all need to get, uh, you know, picked up by other better companies to work for. Because Ring of Honor is not doing shit right now. Their their TVs are shit. Their um their their attendance is down. Um, their pay per views suck. Uh, it's just it's just not. This is not the Ring of Honor that we all heard about back in like the early two thousands. You know. Anyway, it was like a, it was like almost like a new cool thing, like ECW almost. It was like this underground deal. It was like, ooh, you hear about guys like Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson, and Samoa Joe, and CM Punk, and Nigel McGuinness, and all these guys. And they're like, oh, these are the best. Yeah, these are the best pure athlete wrestlers. You know, this is what wrestling is supposed to be, and all this shit. You just hear all this. AJ Styles was there. And and it it, yeah, it seemed yeah. like really cool. Well, it is nothing like that now. It is no. as far from that as anything could possibly be. Um, and I I make jokes about, you know, like I watch it and um, I never talk about it because there's nothing to talk about it. Uh, and so like I had to throw out that you know somebody did a fat guy cross body on there just so, <laughs> you know, just so I could <laughs> prove that I watched it. Um, and um, you know, it's the same same thing. Um. But yeah, this would be a good time to just shut the whole thing down. Like if if they can get some sort of a lawsuit and just pull the plug on this mess, um, and get get those get those guys that they're holding. I don't want to say holding hostage, like, but there's there's good talented people that can go somewhere else. Like Jay Lethal should go to somewhere like an, an AEW or or the Briscoes should go to WWE or you know there's there's guys that should go somewhere else. They're not, they're not, you know, all they're going to do there is just eventually get hurt. And then there's no protocol for when you get hurt and then you get fired. So Matt Taven, Rhea Manic. Yeah. They they got, they got some, they got some little bit of talent over there. So So speaking uh, of, so the the opposite of getting fired, uh, Lana just re-signed with WWE uh, a multi-million dollar deal. So interesting. Multi-million dollar deal yeah. for what? What does she even do? Uh, she's in one of the best storylines. <laughs> I mean, one million maybe. I don't know about no multi-million. Yeah, I don't know. I'm assuming it's over the course of maybe let's say five years, maybe what I don't know, three million or something, give or take. So not bad, give her. She doesn't have to take any bumps. Must be nice. Um, 
Yeah, well, hey, good for her. Get all the money you can. That's what I always say. Yeah, for sure. But then I turn right back around and say, you need to stop giving these people money. So, yeah. um, well, so that's all I got for the news, man. You got anything else to add to that? Um, no, I think that's that's pretty much everything of of importance that happened. So, uh, we can go ahead and take a a quick break for a commercial, and we can just come back and talk about AEW to kick things off. All right, so we're going to talk about Dynamite here. Um, this was a, um, well, of all the episodes of Dynamite I've seen, this was definitely one of them. Uh, they started out with a singles match with Nick Jackson and Phoenix, right? That's who it was? Yeah. Yeah, Phoenix. Um, so they're saying that Matt Jackson was out of commission from that powerbomb the previous week. And I'm just thinking, like, out of commission for from a powerbomb through the stage? Like, he should have been fine before that show was even over, let alone another week. You know, like, they don't, they don't sell things. So this is very strange. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if it's a work or not. I don't know course it's a work there's nothing wrong with him but there's but it's just weird how they choose to sell an injury like that when um you know they don't sell shit during the match so uh, if it happened in a match maybe that's what it is maybe they only have maybe they're only strong during a match like between the bells and then if you just catch them in the street you know then you could fuck them up um yeah you know in the match you have adrenaline you know yeah of course uh <laughs> not not a, not in a fight not in a not in a brawl. You don't have adrenaline then, but as long as it's an official match. So they did the uh, the Jericho backstage thing again. Like this is yeah. how many times we're talking about. You clearly see him talking to several people, and it's probably hilarious. And once again, we don't hear one second of it. Um, we don't hear him at all until they do the in ring thing with uh, SCU. Um, in which, uh, you know, Scorpio Sky outsmarts Jericho and giving him a title match by basically doing the duck season, rabbit season thing. Um, Dude, I thought, I thought that was a hilarious promo. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I would have liked to have hear, heard the rest of it, you know, if, if they didn't have that picture-in-picture picture deal. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Librarian, Peter Avalon, and Luchasaurus have a match. And I, I honestly can't believe this match didn't go 15 minutes and through a break. You know, it was actually like just a few seconds. So they are able to squash people on here. Yeah, they need to have more shorter matches like that, dude. That first Phoenix, I mean, Phoenix and Nick Jackson was a good match. But 16 minutes, uh, to me, it's kind of long, you know? Yeah, and it wasn't even anything different. Like, it was really just the same stuff that they always do but in a singles match yeah which i, I thought was weird um so I, I, I like i like phoenix man that guy's fucking good yeah there, there's a lot of stuff that you know he does that no one does and yeah it's 
like I said in the past, like if someone else comes up and they can just do all of his stuff, he'll make up some new move they can't do. So, um, yeah, he does that. Uh, what's the tightrope walk, kick in the face gimmick? Yeah, and just yeah, just all that rope bouncing and yeah. Um, the bit the big deal I guess for this one was uh, wasn't this the one with Darby Allen against John Moxley? Yeah, that was the main event. Did you notice the um the there was there was a very clear Darby Allen fan in the front row uh, with glasses and a ponytail and she didn't have paint on her overalls but she had her uh, paint on her face because she painted her face to look like Darby Allen. She was uh, very... you know I'm the whole time I saw her I'm thinking like she's a fan of Thunder Rosa or something but now the Darby Allen thing makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. yeah all right see guys this is what i'm working with so (laughs) so so i mean this i don't have much to say about this episode anything else stand out to you um uh second week in the row i think the jericho promo stole the show for sure uh i like the uh what was it luchasaurus and jake hager stare down Mm -hmm. that was cool um the uh, you know it's, so they've been on TV now for what two months give or take, and they are I think they are doing a good job on building people. Uh, you know that Jake Hager Luchasaurus stare down. You know I think I think that kind of speaks volumes for uh you know slowly but surely guys are being built. Uh, you know I'd be curious to see you know a month from now, two months from now, you know where certain guys are going to be at. So I'm listening to Ryback's podcast a lot, and uh, from what he says, I, maybe I mentioned it last week. It's not, I wouldn't be surprised if he joins the company uh, sometime next year. If Ryback does, yeah, yeah, he he kind of he makes mention on wanting to wrestle again, but doesn't want to do a full time schedule. He says once a week is perfect. Uh, he was even wearing an AEW shirt one 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 episode, but I'm sure he was just trolling. But he wasn't talking about how he talks to uh, Wade Barrett. You know, they're still buddies, and and he's talking about maybe doing some kind of like tag team gimmick with him or something. So I think he'd be good for the company. I think he'd be a good addition to that roster. Um, I guess. Uh, no comment. <laughs> um, any anything else that you can think of? No, that's all I got. Uh, I know tonight they're building up the big. Uh, what is it? The the Jericho, thank you, Jericho segment or something. I don't know, but I'm looking forward to that. All right. Well, we'll have to talk about that next week. And you know, uh, like, okay, so the main, so sorry, the main event. It was a, it was an all right match, but you know, John John Moxley wins clean. Show ends. I don't know. I feel like so they only put on one show a week. I feel like they have the ability to have some kind of cliffhanger, something, but the show just kind of just ended just like that. I don't know. I felt like you know, it's kind of disappointing. Yeah. Uh, well, I was glad it was over. Um, yeah. A nice looking finish. If he didn't kill Darby Allen with that top rope DDT. Uh, yeah, that's that was a scary one. Um, so, yeah, well, cool. enough of that. Moving on. So we got NXT, the other live Wednesday show, and this is the uh, this is NXT's go home before the big Survivor Series weekend. 
or there before even before that the uh, war games weekend so uh right off the bat we get the man coming into full sail uh to a, it's a big ovation at first that sort of turns into a mixed reaction later and uh you know Rhea Ripley's the first one out to to greet Becky and then of course they have a match so what'd you think of these two going at it to start the show? Uh, that was good. And uh, on, on a side note, this was the first week uh, that that uh, NXT actually won the ratings uh, ratings war, if you want to call it. But yeah, that was a cool segment. Um, yeah, well, so probably the reason that they got the ratings war is because there was so much, you know, main roster talent that ended up showing showing up on you know their show to sort of invade and to set up the survivor series push towards the survivor series build but to me the run-ins were already old by the second one because there was just people just jumping all night i'm like okay why are we even having matches why don't we just have a why don't we just have a brawl for two hours and just take commercial breaks yeah there's really you know if you're just going to interrupt every match there's no point in having matches at this point. Um, yeah, it was, it was a little chaotic and guys doing stuff out of character. Like, uh, you know, I know you were pretty excited to see, uh, the finest Kona Reeves come out there and he just gets flattened by Ricochet, which seems Ricochet <laughs> seems like a nice guy that wouldn't do something like that, but fuck it. Who cares? It's survivor series time. I'll fuck somebody up. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's that. Um, you know, the, they have like, and then there's like the, then they have, there's like a, they have this the big match this week was the um, I mean at least I I think that what they wanted to be the big match was the the revival against uh, undisputed era yeah so let's talk about that for a minute um, pretty good match I really didn't have anything about it in my notes I was just kind of like well I expect these guys to have a good match. Uh, and it was a good match. I'm not ranting and raving about it like some people, but I mean, this is just, you know, this is the best we're probably going to get. Um, so what'd you think? Yeah, it was a good match. I'm glad we got it considering they pulled revival out of survivor series. And that's actually the match I wanted to see those two teams together. Uh, so yeah, you know, Jim Cornette put it over a lot. Right. But then, then you had the Viking experience and the Forgotten Sons, which that should have been a straight-up squash for the Viking experience, but instead it turned into another multi-segment match. So at this point, there was probably like a little bit of fatigue. I mean, can you imagine being in there? You just sat through that, that you know, that tag team match that was probably like almost half an hour, and then you're supposed to get excited about the Forgotten Sons? It's just... Yeah, you know, like, uh, I'll say this. I, I, I kind of like their work as heels, but oh but they're but they're boring. I don't know what it is. I, I don't want to see them like, ex- except for Riker. You know, he he's kind of cool to me, but I just don't want to see that team. And, and I feel like the WWE is kind of high on them or something. They keep on trying to like push these guys and they give them all, give them a lot of TV time. Yeah, I have no idea why. Um, they're not sleeping with anybody important. I don't think. <laughs> um, so, but the, this match was very. There was like a lot of sloppiness, a lot of dangerous sloppiness, including uh, I think 
uh, I think it was Wesley Blake, you know, the one, one of the Blake and Murphy, the one that didn't work out. Um, I, he gave, <laughs> he gave Eric a Death Valley driver on the apron that looked like it could have ended his life if it was like a fraction of a, a millimeter off. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. He almost missed the apron a little bit. Yeah. Now, all that would have needed was for, for like his uh, cervical vertebrae to have hit the side of that apron and he could have been in a wheelchair for the rest of his life if not dead. Um, yep. So the... <laughs> You know, this is this is something for all you guys, you know, that are on the indies and plying your craft. And when somebody says they want to do something to match, just be like, yeah, I don't think so, brother. I'm not taking that. They don't feel bad about saying that, you know, like if you don't feel comfortable with it. Um, so, you yeah. know, Speaking of dangerous moves. We forgot to mention last week that I watched it again when Garza did that uh, backflip. Uh, what do you call that? Uh, back. Back backflip fallaway slam to on from Leo Rush off the top oh, rope. Remember that? Yeah, I remember seeing it again. Being like, "Holy shit, dude!" If Garza would have landed on his head, it'd be over for him. Yeah, he stole that move from Bandito, and um, I remember when <laughs> the funniest one of the funniest things I've heard on commentary um, is when Bandito did. I think it was, I think it was at All Out, and Bandito does that move. And Colt Cabana's on commentary, and he's like, it might not have been all out. I don't know. But the point is, he does the move, and I know it was Colt Cabana who said it. It's like he does that flipping follow-away slam thing, and Colt Cabana's like, that's not a real move. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But anyways, yeah, he did that. And even that, but that was nowhere near as dangerous as this apron DVD and uh yeah so eh, there it was and then at the end you know the locker room's all emptied out and everybody's fighting but by that point i didn't care because i'd seen it five times already that night so uh there it was you have anything yeah. else to add to it uh no that was it i'm kind of glad survivor series is done with because uh it was getting redundant all the uh as you mentioned everyone just coming out and all the brawls and whatnot yeah, and everybody's wearing shirts. <laughs> you know, like that's the thing that's the worst about this time of year when everybody has to wear the shirt of the of the show they're on. Yeah. Um so now next we've got a we're going to just just a little bit we're going to mention um NXT UK for a couple reasons. Now I'm sure you can imagine the first reason. Uh Jenny. Jenny does a promo guys if you want to if you want to learn how to do a promo a great promo you watch this episode of nxt uk with Ginny. um the, the 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 promo is to set up a match with uh piper next week meaning you know tomorrow uh your girl versus michael that's right um and so uh we're looking forward to that she does a promo and um, everyone should watch it. But uh, there's another uh, thing that you might find interesting that I didn't have in my notes, but I just so remembered um, because I mentioned Kona Reeves. Well, Kona Reeves, for some reason, went to UK NXT and he cut a promo too in ring oh. and got to have a match with somebody. I forget who. 
Also so, check that out. Yeah, so this is now you got two reasons to skim through an NXT UK episode. Well, remember I told you because uh, I follow on Instagram of uh, the outliers. Not not Robbie E, but uh, you know Dorian Mack, uh, Riddick Moss, and Conan Reeves all went to the UK Performance Center. Hmm. So I'm surprised that we didn't see the outliers on TV. What the hell, dude? They must have heat or something. I don't know what's going on. Well, once again, you know the the uh, they tape multiple shows at a time, so they could be on this week as well. You never know, or the week after that. However, depends yeah, how true. many ever how many episodes they taped at once. Um, but probably more likely is they just went there and they're not going to be on TV because those guys don't get on TV. Yeah. So, all right. SmackDown. Um, so on SmackDown, we got another triple threat. Like we're not going to get enough triple threats this weekend. We're going to have another one now, um, with the women. And I also noticed that Tony storm is just out there with no, no fanfare, no explanation, no introduction. The, commentators don't even mention her she's just there it's just hey it's tony storm like there's not even that she she just shows up with the rest of the group um the survivor series group and i don't know if she maybe they had announced her at this point i guess rhea ripley announced her team after uh well no she would when would she have done this i don't even i don't even know like they didn't didn't Rhea Ripley announce her Survivor Series team right after War Games on like the Facebook thing with Triple H? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay, well she did, and so like Tony Storms is out here on SmackDown on Friday though, with the rest of the with the rest of the the uh, NXT women. So yeah. this is this is a big deal, and they're bare, they're not mentioning it at all. She's just there. It's weird, and everybody's probably like, "Who's this girl with a hat?" Like they don't know, you know, they're not going to know who she is if you don't tell her or if you, you know, don't tell them. So what's interesting is, uh, it seemed like for a while there, Tony storm, they were high on Tony storm. Like they're going to build the women's division around her, but now all of a sudden it's re Ripley. You know, so, yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, you're, you're taking a, you're, you're trading in one Australian blonde for another Australian blonde. Um, yeah. they both have things to offer and there's no reason that you have to choose between them. But um, it's just interesting ever since what I don't know whatever happened with Tony Storm, but for some reason, she's not been around as much. And uh, they, you know, they took the they took the title and put it on Kaylee Ray, which I don't know about you, but I don't get it. Like, I don't get Kaylee Ray. I'm not interested in anything she does. Um, her work doesn't interest me. Um, I just I'm just I find her a very a plain a generic character. Yeah, and, I agree. And they're giving her a huge, I don't want to say a huge push, but they're definitely featuring her or they featured her for this war games match that we'll talk about later. So I don't know if Tony storm has done something to upset someone, but uh, she's fallen out of favor uh, recently up until she just appears randomly on a Friday night SmackDown. So you don't have any inside scoops yeah. on this. No, nothing, man. I don't know what's going on. Well, I follow her on Instagram and Twitter, and I don't get any information there either, so yeah, can't say. I um, thought she would be moving to uh, Florida to be full-time NXT, so I don't know if she's still over there doing the UK stuff or what. Yeah, no one's really been 
no one's really been doing much of anything. It's kind of, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's often, uh, multiple weeks that go by without a Jenny sighting and <laughs> you know, what's the, what's the reason for that? So I don't know what the hell they're doing, but they need to sort it out. Um, nonetheless, I'm glad to see Tony storm. I just think of the treatment of her as weird. Uh, yeah. so She's speaking, good. Of, speaking of weird, Oh yeah, she's good, man. Uh, it's maybe top one for uh, women wrestlers. Um, so, here, but speaking of weird, here's here's how this. There's an entire, a uh, multi multiple segment. Um, kind of plays out. It's it's really like one segment, but I have to start before the break. Now we use the word segment a lot, and usually what we're we don't just don't know what else to call it, but it'll be just something that happens on the show. Now, technically, a segment is from, you know, er everything between the commercial breaks. So from one break to another break, that's a segment. A bunch of stuff could happen in one segment. You could get a promo match, uh, you know, whatever, like as much stuff as you can fit in before you take another commercial break. But that's a segment. But this is actually a segment. And this is how it goes. Now, right before the first break, we get Nakamura getting his entrance. So Nakamura's coming out. Okay, he must be having a match. Then we go to break. Okay, now here's how the next seg segment uh, plays out. We've already seen Nakamura on his way to the ring. We come back and we get a Bailey interview for some reason. So you're you you sent Nakamura to the ring, played his music. Now we're not hearing his music, and we're waiting to interview Bailey backstage. So we get this Bailey interview for some reason, and it's going to be you know your typical Bailey interview where she doesn't really say anything that interesting. Then. We go back to the ring and Sami Zayn and, and Shinsuke are in there. And this is a, this is a, like a little promo thing where, uh, Sammy's Sammy's going to present Shinsuke with a new intercontinental title belt. Um, the old, the old one's not, uh, not, not cutting it. And he's this, this promo that Sami Zayn is saying has clearly been written, um, or designed, uh, to try to get the crowd to boo Shinsuke. Um, they're not doing it, though. They're not going to do it. Um, they give him the belt. He gives him the belt. This belt is kind of ugly. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think of the new Intercontinental title belt? Uh, I don't really have an opinion on it. You know, it It's just kind of there. It's just kind of there. Yeah. Um, it looks kind of like the 24-7 belt <laughs> a little yeah. bit. <laughs> it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to boo Sami Zayn. He's just too damn entertaining. Yeah, well, they have no problem booing him, but he wants them to boo Shinsuke, and they're not because he keeps he keeps talking about how great Shinsuke is, and I feel like huh. he want he they he's trying to, you know, obviously go with the reverse psychology. Yeah. Shinsuke leaves. Um, <laughs> he just leaves like, okay, I'm out of here. And then Adam Cole finally gets a mic and cuts the most generic promo that anybody's ever heard. So I don't know what the deal with that is. Um, then the new day they hit their music and they come out and do their own promo. And, um, they're like, they basically are like challenging the undisputed era to a match. And, Undisputed Era is like, well, there's four of us and there's two of you. And 
you know, they're like, oh, yeah, well, we got these guys. And then heavy machinery comes out and, and then we go to break. So that whole segment there, that was one segment. Yeah. Um, and it was just very, it was very bizarre, too. Like, why did, why did Shinsuke come out there just to get a belt and then leave? And why did Bailey's promo have to interrupt that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, who is, who is in charge of this shit? Is this Bruce Pritchard just said, like, who, whose fault is this? Why is this happening? Why can't you make a more fluid show? It's so simple. You know, if you don't have any good ideas, just do boring, regular stuff. Match promo, match promo, match promo. You know, it's, I don't know what they're doing there, but it's just very, very strange. Uh, yeah, SmackDown is a harder show to, it's a hard show for me to watch. I, I do a lot of fast forwarding. I'm just not interested in that show. Doesn't it seem like their their formatting is weirder than ever before? Yeah, yeah, I don't. It's just, yeah, it's just a weird show, man. I, I wish Paul Heyman was booking both shows. Yeah, well, I'm not sure that would be much better when we talk about Raw here. So, uh, I noticed. Speaking of heavy machinery, I noticed that Tucker has trunks now. So they they put trunks on Otis, obviously as a rib. Um, so his fat stomach will hang out, but now Tucker's like, I don't know if they made him do it too, or if he's trying to be in solidarity with his tag team partner and said, no, man, I'll, I'll have trunks too. If you have to have your gut hang out, I'll let my gut hang out. Um, but either way, that's, that's, that's where we're at. Um, that's all I have to say. I'm not going to say nothing about the match. Uh, I like, I like, I like Otis. Otis, uh, he's entertaining to me. Oh yeah, definitely. Everybody loves Otis, so it's just um. So then we got uh, so okay. So this big the big thing they were hyping the whole time was was a uh, a Daniel Bryan is going to summon Bray Wyatt. So they keep using the word summon multiple times. They have it on the graphics, like the, like like they're 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 trying to sell you that. They're trying to hype up the main event of Daniel Bryan summoning Bray Wyatt. They don't say like they never say anything else but summon. They don't say Daniel Bryan's going to call him out. They don't. They don't gonna say Daniel Bryan's going to be face to face. They don't say. They just keep saying the word summon, and that's how you know that's like a Vince McMahon thing, where some odd, odd word is like repeated multiple times, um, <laughs> in an effort to get it over. And, especially, uh, especially a word that nobody really says. Right when we yeah, when, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a it's like magic or something. I'm gonna summon uh, the, the the fiend, you know, like this is Harry Potter or whatever. So yeah, this whole thing I don't even remember what happened. I assume he summoned him, um, but it was just a just a, a very bizarre episode and did not get me excited for Survivor Series in the slightest. What about you? No, definitely not. Mm. Okay. Well, do you have anything else to say about this episode before we move on? Uh, no, I don't have anything on SmackDown. You probably just fast forwarded the whole thing, didn't you? You probably didn't even watch it. I did a lot of fast. I did a lot of fast forwarding. Uh, I, I will admit that I did watch it though. Okay. Well, I mean, whether it's four times speed or not, it counts. You watched it. Yeah. True. Uh, so um, so let's uh. Quick MLW note. I was assuming it was going to be just another day where there's nothing really to talk about. Now you could be checking out MLW on your own Sergio, and you could be seeing like some funny, uh, 
vignettes with the dynasty because I know you like those guys. Yeah. So if yeah. you're if you're not doing that, you're missing out. You can at least skim through and see if the dynasty has a seg- uh, little vignette on there, which they did this time. Um, but um, is, uh, is MJF still working MLW? Yes. Oh, interesting. It's actually like MLW is allowing him to work AEW is how that works. Really? Okay. Mm, they worked that out. So, speaking, uh, of, speaking of MLW, not to cut you off, uh, I heard that Tom Lawler re-signed as well as uh, Jacob Fatu. Well, yeah, it makes sense that Jacob Fatu would re-sign even though he hadn't been there that long. So it's probably just like they're definitely sure that they want to keep using him. Now, Tom Lawler, I thought maybe he was going to leave. That's what they made it seem like, but I don't really think there should be much interest in Tom Lawler outside of MLW, to be honest. Nothing against him. Just don't really, you know. I don't, I don't yeah, see him yeah. in any of the other companies. Like they've, they've got. Why would you need Tom Lawler when you have Matt Riddle? Why would you need Tom Lawler when you have Jake Hager? There's really no use for a, a very small, ugly MMA fighter. <laughs> yeah. And again, that's not a, that's not, I mean, it sounds bad to say it like that. That's not necessarily a knock on Tom Lawler. I'm not saying like nobody should want him, but I'm saying MLW had Tom Lawler and they kind of made him their MMA guy. So it only makes sense for them to stick with him. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's like Hulk Hogan in the WWF, you know, it's like, it, it just makes sense. Um, if anything, I'm surprised Jacob Fatu stayed there. Cause he, that guy's really good, man. I feel like he should be somewhere else making more money doing a, you know, being on national television. I guess, but that's the thing. Like, you take him out of a place like that. You, when you take a big fish out of a small pond, they don't look so big anymore. So, like when you when you take a guy like Jacob Fatu, and let's say he was to go to WWE or something, well, the first thing everybody's going to say is, "Oh, this is like Umaga again," you know. So yeah, yeah, his his gimmick would need to be tweaked a little bit because it, it's too much like Umaga. Yeah, but what else can you do? He's just a Samoan guy, and you know, like what? He's not acting like Umaga on. MLW, but that's the first thing that your mind is going to go to. Um, and there's enough guys in the in the WWE that they're not using. They don't need to add another one. So uh, he's fine where he's at, and he should stay where he's at. Uh, but the, what I really wanted to bring up, really, was just um, they announced their women's division, and they had their first women's match uh, on this oh. episode. And the match was uh, Zeta Zhang, okay, um, who I'm looking at Zeta Zhang, like I'm pretty sure she has a fake ass. Like looking at her body type, I think she got like an, an ass implant on there because it just doesn't look natural. Mm, but that's neither here nor there. That's just an observation, not a judgment. Uh, and her opponent was the Spider Lady. Now, I know what you're thinking. That sounds like uh, the fabulous Moolah from the 80s. Um, but it can't be her because she's passed on. Um, so who is so so they have this this chick come out and she's got this like ridiculous like outfit where she's got like a mask that looks like um when Spider-Man didn't have an outfit yet and he had to like make like a homemade mask or something. And then uh and, and she's got like some like I don't know. There's suspenders involved. Uh, 
Uh, it's, it's a very funny looking and she's like moving weird and like hanging from the ropes and trying to be spider-like and seductive. And then she goes and has this awful match with <laughs> Zeta Zang. And I'm like, spider lady's the shits, man. Um, but then, you know, she finally, uh, she finally unmasks and reveals herself to be none other than Priscilla Kelly. Uh, uh, I'm a fan of hers. Yeah, you know she's married. You know, you know she's married to Darby Allen. That's pretty funny, right? Um, would tell tell everybody what she's famous for, or infamous for. Uh, the infamous uh, tampon gimmick. What was it? Uh, what did she do? Pull out a tampon out of her vagina and like put it in someone's face or something? I think she put it in their mouth. Okay. Yeah. Uh. It was. I'm sure it was a working tampon, but nonetheless. Uh, speaking of Zeta Zing, you know she used to be with NXT. I don't know why she got released, but uh, yeah, she was she was with them for for a minute. When was that? Uh, uh I want to say recently, man, because uh, I pulled her up and I'm like, oh, I remember this girl. Maybe she was in the uh, Mayon Classic because I feel like I don't think she was on TV very often, or if ever. But I feel like I've seen her, like maybe the May Young Classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. She was the May Young Classic. Okay. So, breaking news: Zeta Zhang was in the May Young Classic. <laughs> well, um, I am. And now, and now she has now she has a fake ass. <laughs> well, I'm digging her ring attire because she's got the uh, the cleavage. But what do you call it? It's like the the middle, the side boobs, but in the middle. Yes, we call those middle boobs. Or yeah, just cleavage. Yeah, cleavage. <laughs> side, side boob, but in the middle? Come on. Well, we know right. when you think cleavage, you're thinking that the boobs are popped up and you're seeing the upper part of the boob. But these are, you only see in the middle. But, you know, hmm. I'll take it. Okay. Yeah, Priscilla Kelly, uh, I, think she, I think she's pretty hot. She was awesome in the Young Classic, and I'm surprised WWE didn't pick her up. Uh, well, after I watch this match, um, I'm not surprised that they didn't pick her up because Jesus, this is all. Well, I was wondering, like, it was so bad. I was almost like, is she doing this on purpose? Because the spider lady thing, like she wanted to make it seem like she's a terrible wrestler. And then she pulls the mask off and, you know, it's the great Priscilla Kelly. Uh, I don't know. But, uh, I. I've never seen her work before. I've never even seen the tampon video. I've just heard, I've just heard of this person. You know, I don't even know if I'd ever seen her face before that day. So, uh, yeah, but she's there now. So you, you saw, you, you just don't, you don't remember, but you saw Priscilla Kelly in the, in the Mayon classic. I guess. Did she get eliminated right off the bat? Yeah. I think she may have lost first round match or something. Was this the, she the first or the second? She had a really unique look. Oh, uh, this was the most recent one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, well, there she is. So, one more reason you can check out MLW. You can watch Dynasty vignettes and you can watch Priscilla Kelly. Yeah, I'm, I'm sold, man. I got to check it out now. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely watch that Spider Lady match. It's hilarious. Um, well, I guess we can just move right along to TakeOver. Um, yeah. Unless there was any... I don't think there was anything else that happened over the weekend. But uh, this is definitely the big thing. So, on the... on the um, 
on the pre-show, um, I made a note about uh, Mia Yim being out of the match. Like they show her in a storyline way being backstage, uh, you know, hurt, like someone attacked her. Um, and then, you know, they load her into an ambulance and then, uh, you know, Rhea Ripley's like telling Dakota Kai, like you're in. Um, so, you know, I'm thinking like, so I had a note, so I wrote a note here, like, uh, did Kai attack Mia Yim? Is that where they're going with this? Like she took her out just so she could be part of it. That's what my note says. Um, so first, uh, first match of the show is the women's war games, because, you know, when you have these gimmick pay-per-views now, you got to have a women's version of everything or, or if it's like, you know, raw and SmackDown, you got to have each show has their version of everything. So you got to, you got to bookend it. So that means we have to kick off with the women's war games. Um, so I thought without getting into a lot of detail, I thought this was a really great match historically. I don't want to say, um, I don't really enjoy war games matches. I never have not the ones from, you know, back in the day with like the four horsemen and stuff, not the newer ones that they do now. It's just something about those guys being in there. And, you know, especially with the NXT, it just seems like they're just trying to line up a bunch of crazy spots. And I worry about people getting hurt. So it's not very enjoyable, like as a match to watch, but this match was much more enjoyable to me, not because of a bunch of spots that they laid out, but because of the story they told. There was a story. There's like story within the story, you know, Um, the larger story is that Rhea Ripley's team is handicapped uh, because, um, well, it turns out that Dakota Kai did, in fact, uh, take Mia Yim out so she could be in there. But then she took out Tegan Knox, her own partner, and Team Kick, uh, as you know, before she could get involved. So now, so now she ta- she it, it's we got at this point we've got the Kroger's cashier and Rhea Ripley are the only two that are in there for for their team, and then when it's you know, Dakota Kai's turn, she comes out and then she turns around and just attacks Tegan Knox in the cage that they're holding him in. And Shayna Baszler's just looking at like, uh, okay. Like not necessarily like she planned it, but she'll take it. And so we don't get really an understanding of why she does this, but so she beats up Tegan Knox and Tegan Knox gets carried out. And then, um, Dakota Kai leaves. So now we're just left with the two on four situation here for the war games. So it's like, it's about, um, even though that we could, we could talk about how this logically doesn't make sense because the war games match doesn't uh, start until all the participants are in the ring. So technically this match should never have started or never been official. And that definitely comes into play because, you know, they make a huge emphasis on the men's match, which we'll talk about later, about how the match doesn't start until all four people are in there, even though they have a mystery partner that they don't know is going to show up or not. Anyways, whatever. <laughs> the point is, now it's like, okay, so can Rhea, and uh, how badly are Rhea and Candace going to get beaten up here? And, you know, then it becomes like, oh, can they actually hang on and can they actually pull this out? Um, and they didn't do anything super crazy in the match. It was really just based on kind of the emotion and the and the toughness of the two girls 
taking on the four girls. So um, I loved it. Um, it's one of the best war games matches I've seen. And it's a good example of just, you know, I don't know who I had to give the credit to. Obviously, all the women involved in the match. Um, you got to give Shayna some credit because uh, she's consistently around good matches. Um, you know, except we'll talk about Survivor Series later. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, this was this was this was good. Um, what'd you think? Yeah, I thought it was a great match. Uh, great storytelling. Uh, I love the, the the Dakota Kai heel turn. Um, Triple H said, you know, they had that plan for a while, obviously. So, but it, yeah, good, uh, good storytelling. I, I like if you think back to uh, how she didn't make the cut, Mia Miriam did, and all that, all this just to do the heel turn. I thought that was great. Right. I mean, it didn't really make sense to me. Like, I don't really. Again, it's like when we, we talked about this, like teasing a teasing a Dakota Kai heel turn is like, so you got the most natural baby face and you're going to turn her heel too. Everybody's a heel now. So just keep turning them all heel. Why not? Yeah, she's, she's really good. I think she's one of the better uh, of the women's wrestlers and, uh, and seeing her heel turn to me was, I, I think she's going to pull it off. Well, as opposed to like Bailey, for example, who was also a natural baby face. I'm just not really feeling her heel turn. But I think Dakota Kai is going to pull it off pretty well. Time will tell on that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Then we got... Oh, and the finish was great, too. I thought the finish was uh, excellent. Um, yeah. Then we got the triple threat match. You know, the first of many this weekend. Uh, where you got Killian Dane, Damian Priest, Pete Dunne. Uh, I noticed that, um, you know, the, the, you know what else this is, this is the weekend of, it was the weekend of triple threat matches, but more than anything, if not just that, it was also the weekend of fat guy cross bodies. If you count the amount of fat guy cross bodies that, that, uh, took place over the weekend, I think you'll be, uh, surprised, um, at the number you end up with. I didn't count them, but I sure felt like a lot. Um, now, Killian Dane's the only fat guy that named his crossbody, which it's called the Divide. So whenever you see um, him do the, the crossbody, you should hear the accompaniment. He calls that the Divide. The uh, Divide, all right. All right. So um, but for me, this match was the opposite of the women's match. There was way too many spots. Um, and uh, if there was a crazy spot, you know, there weren't a lot of crazy spots in the women's match, but if there was one crazy spot, it was obviously Io Shirai moonsaulting off the cage. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. That was, that was, that and was then, cool. yeah, that was cool. But then in this match, you had Pete Dunn like doing a moonsault to the outside. He's like, you know what, dude? You're not, I'm sorry, you're not going to out moonsault Io Shirai this night. So you might as well just leave that alone. You know, yeah. you might as well just left that in the pocket. Don't even bother. No one fucking cares about your moonsault. They already saw the best moonsault they're going to see all week. Um, there's no point in you doing it too. You know, it's just one of it's one of those. It's things like that. That's why I just don't get into Pete Dunn matches because it's not like he doesn't have a cool character or that he doesn't have a certain style to him. But like, he doesn't need to do all the bullshit that he does. He can do less and get away with it um, because he's got a character. And when he does shit like this, it just shows like. He's just like everybody else, just getting a bunch of shit in. So I wasn't a huge fan of this match. 
Plus, uh, he gets just as he gets just as big of a pop on uh, separating someone's fingers. You know what I mean? Yeah, the stuff that's the easiest and the safest to do. That's what the people yeah. like the most. That's what they're waiting for. Like when you see Pete Dunn, you know that's coming. You know it's going to happen. Same thing with Marty Skrull. You know Marty Skrull can do all kinds of crazy stuff, but they really just want to see that finger snap. So, yeah. So if you're a short British guy that snaps fingers, just concentrate on that. <laughs> um, but what did you think of the match? Uh, it's a match that I didn't really want to see, but I ended up liking the match. There was, there was a lot of um, like striking exchanges that. Like, I know they thought it was going to be cool, but to me, it just felt like, you know, it, it definitely felt like they were trying to be cool. It, it looked phony, a lot of no-selling, bouncing off the ropes, coming back with a strike, and just the, the three guys trading strikes in the middle. It just didn't look didn't look great. Uh, I wasn't a fan of it. But mm. anyway, uh, so I guess we'll move on to uh, Matt Riddle and Finn Balor. Now, this was, I guess it was supposed to be um, Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano got hurt. Did Johnny Gargano get hurt from that 1916 on the ramp, or was that just a coincidence? I don't know. I don't know what he actually got hurt from. Uh, or or is he hurt at all? I'm pretty sure he is hurt. I don't mean, they wouldn't have had him miss a Survivor Series. Yeah. Survivor Series weekend. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, nonetheless, uh, they had a match. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't have any notes on it. I just wrote it down so we could talk about it if we wanted to. But uh, what'd you think? I, I'm really digging heel Finn Balor. I, uh, I think I think he's. Uh, I don't know. He's just. He looks better as a heel. All right. I wasn't up until now. I wasn't digging the WWE's presentation of him, like you know, Mister Cool Guy and smiling. And but now, to me, he looks legitimately cool. Okay, well, it just goes to show you the presentation can be everything. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, great uh, match. Yeah, I liked it. I feel like Matt Riddle does a lot of jobs. He does. Yeah, he does do a lot of jobs. Okay, well, I don't have anything else to say. I just comment on that. I feel like he does a lot of jobs. It's interesting. Um, so that this was a uh, this is really only a what a three four match card. Um, so we got the men's war games to close it out. Uh, they really the people really really love tables, do they not? I mean, I don't know if it's like a rib or something like. Like they just decided one day, hey man, let's like really like tables all of a sudden. Like they all got together, had a meeting, all the marks, they talked about it. They said, We just like tables now, right? Yeah, okay. Because you hear you hear them chanting for it. When people don't pull out tables, like they get upset, um, they boo. Um it it's it's <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um <laughs> Yeah, they're cool. It's cool, you know, it's always a cool spot. So there's a lot of crazy stuff that happened in this match. Uh, it's it's exactly what I said earlier about it just seems like a series of uh, spots where they just keep doing stuff that's like 
crazier and crazier and I worry about um the uh the mystery partner I was like well this could only be two people really it could be Johnny Gargano but that wouldn't make sense because why wouldn't you know if you were going to have him if you were going to have him here at all you wouldn't have pulled him from the match and had Matt Riddle do it yeah. so it can't be him, so that means the only other person it could be is Kevin Owens. And um, that's only because they made a big deal of it on the uh, the prior Monday Night Raw where Triple H delivers an impassioned speech to Kevin Owens to try to get him to uh, come back to NXT. So Yeah, Kevin Owens is definitely probably the most over babyface right now. Right. And um, so it, he is the guy. And then he proceeds to hit a bunch of moves that were probably banned. He was probably banned from using in the WWE as soon as he hits the ring. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Um, did he hit his package pile driver? Oh, he tried. He tried. <laughs> but what he did get was the, uh, he took the Panama sunrise on the metal plate that connect the two rings. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Yep. Fuck that, bro. Fuck that. I wouldn't even take the chance <laughs> on that. Not only the completely unrealistic situation of Adam Cole doing it to a person that size. Um, and speaking of Cole, uh, we could talk about he's a great worker all we want, but you know, one of my biggest pet peeves is the hair brushing. And uh, there was a thing where I forget who he was up there with, but he was, I think it was Champa. I think Champa was like ramming his head backwards into the cage when they were both up on the top turnbuckle. And he's yeah. like ramming Cole's head back. And like he rams his head, and in between head rams, Cole brushed the hair out of his face. <laughs> I didn't notice. Yeah, you can if you go back and see it. It's definitely. I had to run it back. I was like, did he really just do that? Please tell me. I just imagine that. Um, Joey Joey called. He wants his gimmick back. Yeah, dude. I mean, seriously. <laughs> uh, then there's um. Yeah, then you know, speaking of speaking of the crazy spots, like there's nothing gets crazier than the air raid crash off the top of the cage through the table. I don't know how they agreed to do that, um, but Adam Cole is fucking nuts for doing that. So yeah, that is a uh, it, it, it was scary, but at the same time, it was probably I mean the bump was super safe, but it was scary. You know, one slip, you know, it's, not to mention you know Champa is much bigger than Adam Cole. I don't think I don't think he necessarily weighs that much more, but I don't know. But yeah, but nonetheless, it was a. Oh my bad! No, no, no. Champa put it on Cole, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Anyways, yeah, it, they landed safely, but that was that was a cool finish. Yeah, they did land safely, but what if they didn't? Is the thing. Yeah. It's like they were they were barely they were struggling to keep their balance, uh, when they were up there, you know, and that's that's not the kind of thing you practice, you know. You don't go over that. It's like, okay, well, let's set up the tables and let's let's give this a practice run. No, you have to just decide you're going to do it, and then you have to do it. So yeah. the first time the first time it's done is the first time you've ever done it. It's like, yeah, all right. And, so I, I, thought, I thought it was funny. So they showed, you know, they showed uh, Britt Baker in the crowd, right? Right. I was and then I, I thought it was, well, I thought it was funny because Triple H was denying that it wasn't intentional. But you know damn well that was intentional. <laughs> yeah, how is it not? He was he was he was like, yeah, we didn't 
we didn't really mean to do that. We just we told the camera guy to uh, scan the audience and look for really concerned people mm-hmm. or whatever. And yeah, coincidentally, it was Britt Baker, but no, that wasn't a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, if you believe that. Um, in fairness, though, they they do do that. I mean, they do look like you should. They show like the 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 marks that are you know making the most outrageous faces or they're clutching the tops of their heads or, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was like, oh, doctor in the house. Doctor in the <laughs> house. Um, but she's a dentist, so she can't help her husband or boyfriend or whatever. Uh, yeah, um, so that was crazy. Uh, but overall, what would you think? The, the show was, I mean, it was. It was what it was. Worth yeah, it for the women's match alone, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the, I think the women stole the show. Uh, I thought it was a great takeover as usual. I was bummed out we didn't get the uh, Scarlet Bordeaux in the crowd. You know, when they when they do the uh, when they show the newest signee or whatever, we didn't get that. I was kind of hoping for that for some odd reason, but yeah, that was that was good show. Yeah, or or at least Scarlet Bordeaux could have ran into the ring and and um, you know screamed about Adam Cole. Or she could have been in the back, like screaming over Mia Yim or something. She could have, he could have worked her in. She could that could be her gimmick. She could be the person that finds people knocked out and screams. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. So well, then I guess there's just a um, just Survivor Series now. Um, so the <laughs> how do I even call these matches? The uh, the triple threat team elimination the triple five way the five the five man anyways they all come out to their show's music at once so we i guess we it was too much to ask to have like 15 separate entrances um but (laughs) but geez uh they they all seem like jobbers when they just come out you know like as a group these people that are so like they have nothing in common other than they're on the same show and they come out. Um, and uh, so the the match, this match was, at first, it was a cluster. I mean, it just was so awkward. Did you notice how awkward it was? No, no. Which match? Are you talking about the men's Survivor Series match? No, I'm talking about the women. The first match on the show. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, man, I didn't care for the match very much. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It, it got a little better towards the end, but like at first, it, it just it seemed like there was definitely something going on that wasn't supposed to have happened. Um, and again, you know, you got Tony Storm out there. They don't talk about her at all. They barely mention her. She's just out there doing stuff, and they're just like, "Hey, it's Tony Storm." Like we're all supposed to know who that is. I mean, you should yeah. know who it is, but it's the same thing I was saying about SmackDown. She's just there. They don't say like. They don't, they don't really talk anything about it. Uh, so it was it was it was not a not a not a good match to start with. Um, then we got the uh, the mid card three way <laughs> is what I had it uh, titled, where you got your Shinsuke, your Roderick Strong, and your um, AJ Styles. I mean, this pretty much was what we whatever we expected it to be, right? Yeah, it was it was a good match. I'm I'm glad uh, they put Roddy over. That was cool. Right. So at this point now we've got they had some matches on the pre-show. So like Leo Rush won, 
And um, then I think uh, I think the was, the was the Viking Raiders on the pre-show. Uh, somebody, somebody got a win for Raw on the pre-show. It had to have been the Viking Raiders match. I don't remember, I don't remember seeing that on the card. Who did uh, Leo Rush work? It was Akira Tozawa and uh, uh, someone from SmackDown. Oh, don't... triple three. Yeah. So, so he picked up the first win for NXT, and then we got. Oh, was it was it a Drew Gulak? No, I'm trying Somebody... to think of a SmackDown cruiserweight. Kalisto. Oh. Okay. Okay. So yeah, so there was that, and um, so we got then, and then there was like a then there was like a tag team battle royal thing, which you know whatever. Uh, no. yeah. But uh, so so then there's, we got there's no stakes. How are we supposed to even care? You know what does the winner get? You're nothing. Well, at first I thought um, they were going to get the OC's uh, World Cup tag team trophy because it was just. Sitting uh. out- it was just sitting outside the ring, so I was wondering if maybe they put that on the line, but uh, apparently huh. not. Uh, so, so then um, we got the we got the you know we got that three way down. Then the next next we got um, habitual leg slapper Adam Cole versus Pete Dunn. <laughs> the most the, what I what I really noticed the most about this match was that uh, the referee Drake, um, his arms were like really oiled up like very shiny and oiled up, but it wasn't like, you know how, when you apply the oil evenly, you know, it's got that certain glisten, but then like, if there's like one part that has like a little more oil, it sticks out and it looks like you spilled something on yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that that's what he looked like. Um, his arms are just too oiled. He's a shiny guy in general. I don't know if it's cause he's sweating all the time or what, or if he just oils up his forehead or like, I don't know how Drake handles his oiling, but it was too much uh, this time. It's very noticeable. Um, you know, these guys had a match. He, he a lot has, of legs slapping. He has a great tan. He does. He does. Uh, so, so, so anyways, like, these guys, um, you can imagine the kind of match they had. Uh, it's a lot of uh, no-selling. Um, he, he, he hit... Adam Cole hit the Panama Sunrise on the apron. He loves to hit this move on anything that seems like it should, you know, end somebody's career, and just so they can just so they can kick out of it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this should have been like this should have been a stretcher finish. Like he should have took this on the apron, laid there, took the ten count, laid there, had people come out to help him and like carry him out while Adam Cole's celebrating. That's how it should have. You know, rather than Adam Cole rolls him in the ring, lets him kick out, then hits a stupid finish, which is just a running knee, um, and then pins him. You know, I, I when's the last time you saw somebody get carried out? You know, when, they, they don't they don't do that um, anymore. I thought the finish should have been when Pete Dunn backflipped off a top rope and he got hit with a super kick in midair. I'm like. The, that was that was a great. I'm, I'm like, uh, as I'm watching it, I'm like, this should be the finish, but it's not. He's gonna kick out. Yeah, that would have been good right there. I mean, yeah. you're not I gonna get he, the. That was the biggest pop they got because the the crowd was kind of just not that into it. And yeah. then when when he hit that, that definitely woke them up, and they should have just gone home. But you know, these guys don't they don't do that kind of stuff. 
they just have to finish out the rest of the match they had planned in the back. So, yeah, you know, um, yep. So, I, yeah, I would have rather, I would rather, I think, uh, I think it would have got, I think it would have got him both over more if he got stretchered out after that. Uh, but he didn't. Um, so I had, a, I had this note cause they showed like, um, um, like one of those like community, uh, you know, programs or whatever for some, some, you know, school kids thing or something. And I was just thinking like, can you imagine being in elementary school? Like you, Sergio, like, can you imagine this? Okay. So you're a kid in elementary school, third grade, whatever. And you hear the WWE's coming to your school. Now I imagine the mark you are now as a kid, you must've been a even huger <laughs> mark. <right? laughs> so you, you hear that WWE's coming to your school and you're like, you're like all excited. Right. And and then the, the the people show up, you know, to be a part of this community outreach, and it's uh, Apollo Cruz and Dana Brooke and Kalisto and Mustafa Ali. <laughs> when you're thinking in your mind, it's like it's going to be Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, AJ Styles <laughs> or Rey Mysterio, and you get these bums and and Becky Lynch, but nope, Dana Brooke. So that that's got to be. Well, that reminds me. Okay, so when I was twelve. WWE came to uh, my local library, right, to kind of like promote, you know, how kids should read, and uh, it was Flash, Fu- Flash Funk, and somebody else, but it was like lower card baby faces, right? Uh, so, but I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go anyways. I'll see any WWE superstar at the time. <laughs> fake Razor Ramon and fake Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was something happened. They couldn't make it, and they got replaced by two heels which is weird, you know, heels back then, especially from, you know, at a library promoting kids to read. And at the yeah. time it was, uh, it was Stone Cold and Triple H, but this is, this is the uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley Triple H. And, right, uh, right. And at, at, at that, me being 12, I was actually a fan of the heels and I was super excited that, that it was those two instead. And I remember it just being kind of, uh, just being really starstruck. So I, I got to find that picture. It's at my parents' house, but I got a picture of both of them. That's great. Yeah. So, and this yeah. was, was this was this was Stone Cold Steve Austin like just not just just not quite the ringmaster like a little bit after that. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think it would have had to have been uh, so if I was, I think it was 12 born in 81 so 1993. Yeah. Uh, well, that that math doesn't add up. You were born in 1981? Yeah. Wow. What would you think? Later? Like 83? Oh, really? I thought, yeah. Maybe you just... No, I'm saying maybe you lied about your age when you met me. (laughs) No. You know, you you get me confused with our other roommate. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I know that. I know that for sure. But, uh... But I'm just, uh... No. Um... Yeah, I always thought you were younger, so... Well, that's fine, but yeah, ninety three. That would those guys weren't even in the. Those guys were all in WCW at that time. If that were they, I don't even think. I don't even think Triple H started in the business in ninety three. Man, maybe I was fifteen. I swear I was super young, dude. Yeah. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, Austin got to the WWF in ninety six, and um, Triple H was still Hunter Hearst Helmsley until around ninety. Seven ish. Well, I mean, yeah, 
So, huh? But oh. anyways, yeah. The all right. So let's let's go to let's go to uh, the Fiend and um, Daniel Bryan. They had their match. Uh, I don't know. It was a the match was fine, but it it was like too straightforward. I thought they were going to do something more story oriented, but it was just a straight up match, and then he beat Daniel Bryan. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I will say, uh, as popular as the Fiend is, the crowd was definitely behind Daniel Bryan, and it was kind of cool to see the yes chance again. You know, the whole stadium, everyone doing the yes thing. That was cool. Yeah. Um. So, so now we get to the men's uh, triple five team whatever Snavitz. Uh and this was, a, this was match of the night for me. I'm gonna go ahead and agree with you. The only the first question I have though is how the fuck is Walter the first guy out? <laughs> the crowd was booing, yeah. Well uh I heard Melser and Alvarez complaining about it. Uh I mean yeah I, mean, I guess it could have been Ollie or Chad Gable or something, but yeah. He definitely Walter looked like a jobber, you know? Yeah, it's like, well, he, he almost looked pretty strong, but then it just, yeah, I don't know. I just, I wouldn't have done I would. You could add him do anything. You could add him get disqualified and get eliminated, you know? You could add him get counted yeah. out and get eliminated. You, you can do whatever you want except just beat him one, two, three like that, which is just, it's just bizarre. It was a bizarre choice for a guy that hasn't really, you know, lo- he hasn't lost since he's been there. And that that's not how I would have it uh, have it go, because now it doesn't you know whatever no one's gonna remember. I just just didn't like it. Uh, so so like you said, the mat the match was good. They did a lot of storytelling in this match too. Um, they did. They they put a they put a big spotlight on Keith Lee, which was you know that's that's your and my dream you know that they could just treat this guy like the star that he could be. Uh, so, dude, yeah. So, with that being said, uh, so I, I was hearing, I take it with a grain of salt, but according to Brian Alvarez, apparently Vince McMahon is a big uh, Keith Lee fan. I don't know if that's true or not, but I will say that uh, our dream Keith Lee versus Brock Lesnar match, I would say, is more realistic now than ever. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing a Keith Lee Royal Rumble win, but nonetheless, I'm curious as to who put this match together because. I'm um, because so, you know obviously this match was made to like build Keith Lee, and uh, so I'm curious. I'm curious as who who booked this match because on NXT we haven't really seen you know they're not really putting Keith Lee over too big. You know what I mean? Not as much as they should be, or as they could exactly. be. Exactly. You know, yeah, that was that was great. I was real excited about that. You know, you would have guessed it would have been Tommaso would have been the last guy on Team NXT, but it was Keith Lee, which was cool. Sure. But even that being said, there was still like weird things about this. Like he sold like a lot, but he was, the, he was almost selling too much. Yeah. He was selling too much because not, you know, cause the stuff they did wasn't that devastating to him. So he shouldn't have been selling it because it wasn't anything to sell. Yeah. Uh, it's just a very, very bizarre, but I, I would have thought, you know, this would be an opportunity where if you didn't want, you know, if you didn't want Keith Lee to go over, um, which he, you know, you can make a case either way. Um, but I would make the case that he should have gone over because it doesn't end up mattering if 
NXT, it wasn't even close. Like by the end of the night, it was there was not even a situation where there was like two shows were tied and they needed one deciding factor to win. It was like no matter what happened in that last match, NXT was going to win, right? Like the total matches. So, so what difference does it make if they, you know, if they got like a sweep or not? Uh, There's no reason, you know, that Keith Lee couldn't have done that. I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have hurt Roman Reigns, but it's, it, it, it would have done a lot for, for Keith Lee. If people are seeing him for the first time here, which I'm sure a lot of people were. Uh, So, so if they were going to beat him like that, they should have, they should have, it should have been a lot more like, you know, shield beat down with, with Roman and Seth to, so that it's like, it makes sense. It's like, okay, well he can't come back from all of that. He can almost come back, but then he can, you know, come up short against Roman Reigns. And then no one's going to question Roman Reigns beating Keith Lee because we know Roman Reigns is supposed to be strong. Um, and, but, it, but if you think in your mind, the only reason that he was able to do that is because they, you know, powerbomb him through a table or whatever the hell else they could have done to him. Um, it would have been a lot easier of a pill to swallow. But instead, they did what they did, and they definitely put a spotlight on him. Um, and that was more than I thought they were going to do. Yeah, so, way more. If there was ever a match for Keith Lee to get all his shit in, it should have been this match. You know, all of his crazy athletic stuff that big men don't normally do. And I felt like he didn't do that much. Because, you know, we've seen what, he, what he's capable of. I felt like he did too much selling and didn't do enough of, like, high spot style moves. You know, But nonetheless, uh, you know, everyone was talking about Keith Lee all weekend. So that, that's a good thing. Right. Well, um, so then we got... Uh, we after that we get um ray and brock so i was interested i thought it was interesting they didn't close the show with this and it makes sense based on without what they wanted to do but i didn't know that they thought that highly of the women's triple threat thing so either way um this was a this was a almost of a perfect match there was just one thing they could have done to make it a perfect match. Do you know what that was? Uh, hmm. No. Dominic should have hit Brock in the nuts first. Not Ray. Oh, that makes that, that that would have been better. Yeah, you're right. Would wouldn't that have been awesome? Like he comes in there, he's get he's like he's got the towel, like he's gonna throw in the towel, and Brock goes to grab him, and he just hits Brock in the balls. And then yeah. Rey Mysterio comes up behind him and hits him in the balls. That would have been so great. That would have instead, been better. Instead, it's only a little bit great. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Uh, yeah, that was that was my second favorite match of the night. I thought it was good. Brock Brock Lesnar matches are see now. This is like this is what I'm talking about when I said before, like the Fiend and Daniel Bryan was too straightforward. Um. It needed something like this, some some story element or some theatrics or something to like, you know, further the business um, and, instead of just being a regular match, you know. Uh, so th- this was good because it wasn't very long and it still got everything, you know, every everything in that it needed to get in. And we got to see Dominic do some wrestling offense for a change. He did a 619, did a frog splash. So we're getting like a sneak preview of what's to come with his, you know, in-ring career. I bet that, that was really cool for Rey Mysterio too. Like that's, that was probably a dream of his, you know, to share the ring with his son. So that was pretty cool. 
Oh yeah. And no matter what happens now, like they'll always have that moment, which is, it's cool. You know, it'll be on the network forever and people will always be able to look at it. So, so good shit. Um, now let's go to the opposite of good shit. The uh, main event. Um, <laughs> this was uh, Becky Lynch and this was Bailey and this was Shayna Baszler who, you know, any of our longtime listeners have known we put Shayna Baszler over to the moon. And I'm not going to put her down in this match. That's not the point of this. But for some reason, uh, this was not a good match. Um, what happened, Sergio? What, what what went wrong here? I'll be honest. Uh, I kind of fast. I was kind of burnt out at this point. Uh, I kind of saw the beginning and maybe the finish. Um. Well, they never. Uh, so the middle was not great. Um, they, they didn't, they never really had the people, you know, like, I don't know what, I don't know what the deal was. Um, but they just, they, whatever they were doing wasn't working. And you could say that a lot of times, you know, the crowd can just be a bad crowd. And we know Chicago's like one of the unusual crowds where sometimes you don't know if they're going to turn on somebody or whatever the case may be. They're definitely just not your everyday average run of the mill crowd. Um, but they, you know, they, they, they do know they're wrestling pretty much. So um, it's not like uh, it's not that crazy. Um, but this was, I don't know. They just weren't into it and I wasn't into it either. It just, there was just something about it that, uh, I don't know if there was, there's no chemistry between the three of them. I don't know if they forgot something or if they had a different match planned and something went awry. Uh, it was not a good showcase for Shayna. Like this was supposed to be like, this was, this would be the match you'd expect if they put it on last and they're trying to put her over the way they have been building her. Um, you would want to see like a lot of her stuff. But she doing what she does as a heel, um, which is like to try to enhance the people she's working with. That's what a great heel does. And that's what she yeah. tried to do. So she's trying to enhance Bailey and, and Becky, who don't need enhancement because they're already in the top positions. Um, so Shayna ends up selling too much and she doesn't get enough of her shit in. Um, I, you know, I. I can't tell you what went wrong um, mm. overall. I can tell you, you know, I could tell you, I could break it down individually and say like, you know, well, this thing didn't work and this thing didn't work and this thing didn't work. I, I can't remember the match now, but I would have to go through with like, you know, like pausing and, you know, explaining stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, it just wasn't really, uh, wasn't really a good match. And that's how I felt watching it. And I've heard, since then, I've heard people talking about how it wasn't a good match. So, or the Vince McMahon was not happy with the match. Um, stuff like that. So, we'll just have to say it was Bailey's fault. Probably Bailey's fault in the end, you know, and just whatever. But nonetheless, that was it. Um, Shayna wins. I was hoping, uh, I was hoping Ronda was going to come out or some kind of four horsewoman, the MMA four horsewoman kind of gimmick. To, to be done, but nothing happened with that. So I was kind of disappointed. Yeah. Just kind of ended the show. And so after, after, uh, 
after Shayna wins, Becky, you know, puts her through a table or whatever. I, I don't know if that was directed to happen afterwards. Like, damn it, these people are unhappy, so put her through a table. <laughs> you know, I don't know if that was, like, called on the fly or whatever, but, um, you know, at the end of the, at the, end of the night, uh nxt one, you know the the matches the match total it was a score of uh nxt had four smackdown had two with the roman reigns win over keith lee and raw just had that one um so raw got jobbed out um yeah they really, they really are the c show any way you look at it and that was the end of survivor series so it, overall i thought the show was uh relatively enjoyable it was definitely better than i was thinking it was going to be um it moved along pretty quickly it was it came in around three and a half hours so i guess you know unlike say a year ago around this time when we were getting like five hour pay-per-views and stuff i guess it's not really like that anymore which is good yeah that's a, yeah for sure they definitely listened to the people on that one um so yeah, so I thought it was a good show. What about you? Yeah, I thought it was good too. Uh, for a bunch of matches that had no even anything at stake, uh, they were pretty good. Yeah, good stuff. I was I was really pumped about uh, getting Keith Lee over. So you know, that was right. cool. And even that, they couldn't quite get him over enough. Yeah, so. I, you know, Christian made a good point on WWE backstage. He said sometimes a loss is better than a win. And he said that was a good example of it. And uh, I, I, I'd agree with that. I, I, I actually think him losing to, to Roman maybe would have been even, maybe would have been better than him winning. That's debatable. And I'm not going to debate it now because, you know, we're already over time. So let's, uh, let's go to that jobber show, Raw, and talk about that really quickly. Um, Dio Madden yeah, is, is still, is still going. A better Raw while, I thought. Yeah, you think? Well, let's let's get into it. So so Dio Madden's still gone. Um, he's still selling that F five, that one F five, uh, which is ridiculous to me. Like now I'm starting to think that there's a problem. Now I'm starting to think that this guy has heat. Cause there's no reason to be off of TV for like almost a month off of one F five. That's fucking dumb. So what's going on? Yeah, I wonder. Did did the commentary put it over that he still heard from the F five? no not this week maybe the previous week and i know i I, and when i when i read these quote-unquote observer uh reports you know they're saying he's still selling the injury so i'm just like okay well that's what you're being told or that's what paul Heyman's telling you but like what really happened because that's way too much to sell i mean michael cole took an f5 and he was back next week like nothing happened um yeah, there's definitely something else going on. Uh, I'll have to investigate that. Yeah, please do. Um, so, uh, you know, I I, I don't want to say I popped because that's not accurate. I just sat there quietly. But I liked Rusev's uh, Dim Mock t-shirt that he was wearing. I, I um, couldn't figure out who was on that shirt. Um, It's Ray Jackson from the movie Bloodsport. Oh, Bloodsport. Is that the Asian guy? No, he's the white guy. <laughs> You've never seen Bloodsport? That's with uh, uh, Van Damme, right? Yeah. I'm pretty, I, I had to have seen it. That's, yeah, yeah, the, 
his fr- his friend Ray Jackson, the guy with the like, you know, the the beard and the the hat and everything, the American, and he's like, you know, he's like, uh, he's like the the guy's like, show us the dim mock, and Ray Jackson's like, what the hell is a dim mock? Uh, see, so that's that's what the shirt was. I know it was from 1987, not 97. So you probably uh, yeah. That's probably what it was, but you know, you were still alive before 1997, so there may have been a time when you would have watched it. That's all I can think of. Um, we had um, at some point we had a long pro. I'll just run through my notes real quick because I just have short notes. Uh, We got a long promo of wrestlers booking a match for themselves. I mean, this was like interminable. This was like 10 minutes long of like guys coming out. Saying, I want to have a match. I want to have a match. Hey, we should have a fatal four-way match. And then the winner should face you. And then no one's around to like, like they're making their own match, you know. So the typical WWE. That was too um, long. Um, why, why does Randy Orton chop left-handed? He's not left-handed, is he? Uh, I, if, I, don't, I don't think so. Even if you are, you still don't do that, right? Okay. Well, he's doing it. And he's never been a chop guy. All of a sudden, the past like few months, he's decided I'm going to be a chopping guy, and he's chopping with the wrong hand. So, <laughs> where do you I don't get it. I have no idea, man. What what makes you decide at 40 years old you're going to start chopping when you've never done it before? It's it's bizarre. Um, and my only other note is that uh, Seth's gear is starting to look an awful lot like AJ Styles. It's like he even has that that belt. You know, AJ Styles has like a fake belt as part of his tights. Yeah, now, yeah. Seth, now Seth Rollins has the same thing. You could swear they'd be in a tag team together. So what's huh. the deal with that? That's all I got for Raw. You know, you can talk about the rest of it for how much, how, however much you want to, but I've got nothing else to say about this. This is just another episode to me. Um, well, Seth Rollins finally turned heel, man. What about that? Did he? Well, okay. So it's not. This is this is what I love about the heel turn. Okay, uh, they're making it kind of organic. You know, it wasn't. You know, he's not shitting on the crowd. He's kind of he's staying true to his character. But uh, you you know what I mean. But I think they're. I think it's the the right heel turn. It's, it's organic. You know, they're teasing the thing with him and AOP, which I'm assuming they're together. Uh, I like new I like new lot. shield. Well, you know what's funny is uh, when AOP came out for their match, uh, I was like, oh, they're not wearing the Shield uh, gear anymore like they used to. But which I like, I think they look better now without the shirts. So, but yeah, so now it's a new, sh- you know, so I, I thought that was ironic later on. I'm like, oh, well, the, the new Shield, but they, they gave up the Shield gear, which I thought was kind of funny. But Sergio, they're not together. Didn't you hear Seth Rollins challenge them to come at him? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there'll be a swerve, but uh, it's good. Uh, AOP needs something. I remember when I was watching their match, I'm like, man, they kind of need a manager. They need something. They're they're, they're kind of missing something. Uh, so I, I think pairing them up with Seth Rollins would be good for them and for him too, because you know he could be that slimy heel again. Um, what else? <laughs> well, they're, what they're they're definitely an upgrade over J and J Security. Yeah, yeah. So you know, take it with a grain of salt, but I read a. Uh, just like uh, Cedric Alexander, apparently the Humberto Carrillo pushes over. Damn, already? Yeah. 
uh, he I don't he wasn't really getting over it. anyways. You know what I mean? He wasn't cutting promos. Um, you're only gonna get so far if you're not really talking. You know? I guess, but we already detailed. I was, I don't remember what episode it was, but I already told him how to get him over without talking. I mean, yeah. you can go back in the archives and listen to me talk about how to get a guy like Carrillo over. It's just not the way they're doing it because um, it's Paul Heyman's show. And, you know, it's different than what it was in the in the 90s when he had when, when the thing about ECW. If you didn't get to watch it when it was on, it was like all that shit was just like it was edited in such a way that uh, you couldn't. You know, you you could uh you could make it look like whatever you wanted to look like. You could have you could have a, a whole long promo and you could cut it down to just the good parts and cut out all the parts where they rambled or whatever. You could have matches where you just saw highlights, which it was. There was never like full matches on ECW if you remember. Um, you know, it was at least not 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 the not hardcore TV. When they went to TNN or whatever, it was different. But you know, at first, you know, they would just show highlights of of matches like captured from like a handheld camera at their house shows and things. So yeah. you never had to watch full matches. You never got to see full promos. You edited everything together and it looked very uh, frantic and crazy. Um, and so everybody said, Paul Heyman's is a genius, but you can't just, you know, he, he has no experience in running TVs like this. So you end up getting this kind of stuff. So he, he probably has no idea how to get, a guy like Carrillo over, you know, because he can't hide the weaknesses, whatever weaknesses there are. And I'm not saying there are glaring weaknesses, but I'm just saying whatever they are or whatever they would be perceived to be, you know, they're all out there on the open. You're live, you know, you're on raw, you know, that's, that's it. Sink or swim. So, well, the problem, the problem with Carrillo is he's just coming out as a regular dude, not cutting promos. He's winning matches. I mean, you know, he's, he's a good athlete. He does some cool stuff. But uh, I feel like they should do something, you know, no homo. They should do something with the dimples. You know, he should be doing a gimmick similar to what Garza is doing at NXT, I think. I, th- I think that'll get him more over, you know. But right now, he's kind of just, just a regular dude, you know, just coming out and whatever. Well, you're already forgetting that he did do promos. <laughs> this was probably a reason why they stopped. Cause... Yeah, they weren't they weren't that good. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you uh, know. So, But if the guy can't do a promo, it's your job to work around it. So... I mean, it's it's their fault in the end. And, well, I mean, uh, I think I think he could deliver a decent promo, you know, just put the dimples over, you know. Uh, well, that's why you're not running a company. <laughs> I thought it was weird. Uh, we see the return of Matt Hardy, and he just comes out like a jobber. I'm like, what? That was that was odd to me. Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah, and uh, you know, we still don't. We're not getting the broken Matt Hardy, which is weird. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why they're not doing that. Um, the only other thing I thought, I, I, I forget how big Titus O'Neil is when I saw him in the ring with Lashley and he was, he was a fucking beast. Yeah. Yeah. I did that. that stuck out to me. But yeah, other than that, yeah. I thought the Rusev angle was, was really cool. Um, I was popping for that. Uh, Rusev is definitely really, really getting over. Like, this is probably the most over he's been, I think. Um, hopefully they do something with it, but I'm pretty sure they're just going to squash him. Well, he's getting arrested, right? So it's like they're doing the Steve Austin thing with Rusev. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except he's not a, he's not attacking anybody important. It's just Bobby Lashley. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, at least when, when Steve yeah. Austin was getting arrested, he was attacking the owner of the company. 
when uh when when rusev's getting arrested he's just attacking the wrestler that's banging his wife so it's like <laughs> come on is, this, is anybody no one has sympathy for this man uh it doesn't make sense but yeah that's all i got uh buddy murphy went over again that was cool uh you know i'm a buddy murphy fan but yeah that's, that's all i got man no ec3 again yeah that guy doesn't exist anymore Oh, good. Uh, okay, well, let's um, let's just uh, move along then, and we'll finish up with NWA now. So this is interesting. This is the first show to air since the Jim Cornette controversy, but we already know that Jim Cornette's like, they probably had shows recorded with him on it. So how are they going to get around it? Well, I'll tell you how they get around it. Um, they use a lot of packages. They use interviews. And they had like an empty arena match uh, between the question mark and one of the guys from the Dawson brothers or whatever the, 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 those fat tag team guys are. Um, But it was, uh, yeah, it's it's weird. It's like, okay, so you, you do that, but I mean, you had all this stuff that you recorded and now you're not going to use it just cause Jim Cornette's on it. All you have to do is put something at the beginning saying like these episodes were taped before the resignation of Jim Cornette. So like instead they're, they're trying to like work around it. It looks like, and this was then as a result, this was by far the worst episode yet. So can you imagine if you like, you've been hearing about this show and then you hear about the Jim Cornette thing and you're like, well, I want to, now that I've heard about this show, I want to give it a chance. And then you give it a chance, and this is the episode that you watch. You're gonna be like, "Fuck, I'm never watching this shit again." So this is a horrible move by them, um, if that is indeed what happened, which it looks like it is. It definitely was not your typical um, run-of-the-mill episode. You know, they had some shit like uh, they showed Thunder Rosa, like she had an MMA match, um, and they were showing like footage from like her training camp leading up to it, and some interviews and stuff like that, and. You know, they had Joe Galley have an interview with, um, who was it? Uh, well, they showed they showed a, a promo from Eli Drake, but it was from Championship Wrestling from Hollywood and not from oh, the right. NWA. Um, they had, huh. uh, uh, damn, who else was it? There, there was like some other shit. And th- there was like almost no Camille, which is the most important part. Um, and all all they had for her was like a thing at the very beginning showing all the stuff that's happened, you know, previously. So it's there's no new Camille. It's basically all old Camille, which is still fine. But like, I mean, come on, this is this is this is not good. And I'm not happy. This is the first time I'm talking about NWA, and I'm not happy about it, Serge. The moral of the story is they shouldn't have fired Jim Cornette. Because that's my opinion. Well, they definitely shouldn't have, but. Yeah. You know, at the same time, like they should have known what they were getting in the first place. And it's their own fault because they didn't edit it out. So, you know, so here we so here we are. So now we got to deal with this for however long um, until they can get their shit together. But now I'm wondering if there was ever any good like any good matches or interviews and stuff that we're just not going to see now because Jim Cornette was somewhat around it. And he was on the show too. Like when they showed footage and stuff, you could hear him talking like in the background, they never like had a yeah. close up on him or featured him, but he's still in the clips. So it's like, come on now. Look at this, you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. 
And their pay-per-view is on, I think, December 12th or 14th. Is there any matches listed for that one yet? Um, I think they did mention something about it, but I kind of wasn't paying attention. I was just so flustered at the lack of Camille that I was kind of checked out uh, when I was watching it. But, you know, they may have they may have announced something. I'd be really surprised if they don't do a, a Ken Anderson versus um, Eli Drake, though, because what else, you know, why else would you get those two involved in something? You know, if you weren't yeah, going to yeah. have a match at the pay-per-view. So, well, whatever. I, I might still buy it, but I'm definitely now starting to second-guess it. Yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably check it out. Um, well... That looks like just about everything I have. So could be that our episode this week is coming to a close. Um, we, unless you have anything else. No, that's about it, dude. All right. Well, um, you know, as we mentioned before, it is a Thanksgiving week. So, you know, we here at 2N hope you have a wonderful holiday. Uh, whether you love your family or not, at least try to have a nice time. And uh, so if uh, you ever get bored and you need some something to do, you can always hit us up at social media. Um, I am at Opinion Haver on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and everywhere else that you can uh, get in contact with people on the internet. Sergio, you are? Uh, Twitter, you can follow me at Mr. Sergizilla. MR Sergezilla and uh, Instagram, it's just Sergezilla. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. We have been two in and we are now out. <laughs> <laughs>